0: Welcome to the Driven Entrepreneur, the go-to plan for coaches, authors, speakers, and entrepreneurs of all kinds to start, grow, and profit a business that you love. I'm your host, Matt Browning, and today we have opened up the email bag. We're going to your questions, taking your questions. This show, if you listen to any length of time, sometimes we do long-form interviews with other Driven Entrepreneurs like yourself, They share their origin story and some success stories. But today we're going to the mailbag where I wanna answer some questions and get direct into some business coaching and some entrepreneur teaching. Our question today comes from Melissa Hughes over in Grand Rapids, Michigan. Melissa says, what is the number one thing you wish you would've done in your first year as an entrepreneur? That's a really good question, Melissa. Like a super, super good question. What's the number one thing that I wish I would've done in my first year as an entrepreneur? Well, for a little context, especially if you're new to this show, uh, I've been an entrepreneur for 20 years. I'm 42 today, so I don't know. I'm not old and I'm not young, but I started my first business at the ripe old age of 22. or deb- I was 21. I, I turned 22, I think, within a few days. Either way, it's been 20 years. I've ran real estate business. I've ran real estate investing. I've done a mortgage business. I've done financial coaching. I've ran an association. I've had uh, a few different speaking and coaching businesses. I've had a partnership uh, doing training and coaching and, of course, doing this broadcast and media, doing the radio show. So I've had a few different businesses over the years. I think the number one thing, Melissa, I would do is start with the end in mind. And I know this seems simple, but I've been reverse engineering a lot lately in the last several years and helping and coaching a lot of new and startup entrepreneurs. And what tends to happen, same as I did, we come in with like the idea of maybe what I want to do or what I want to sell, something like that. And they tend to start with like an opportunity in front of you and then start to walk out the path. Like, hey, I have this speaking opportunity. Or in your case, Melissa, I look, I, I love uh, you have blown up on TikTok. I'm looking you up here and you can find Melissa on TikTok at Melissa, no, sorry, Hughes 79. M. 79, and your website is Melissa Lee, that's L-E-A. MelissaLeeHughes.com, and you have like 200 plus thousand followers on TikTok. You're crushing it. You teach people how to go viral with their videos on TikTok. You do a really good job of that. If I was in your shoes, and this is how I try to answer questions here, it's tough, but I think it's the best way to do it. If I woke up in your shoes, and I was, you know, a TikTok influencer, and you know, I, I know from your story, you're, you're a working mom, two kids, and, and then one day it was like, hey, these videos went viral, what do I do with it? And so the most common thing when you start a business usually is, hey, this opportunity's in front of me or this thing happened. I have the speaking gig, this social platform blew up, what do I do? And then we start to figure out what the next step would be. And then what the next step after that would be, what I would do in that first year is reverse engineer and go all the way to the end and plan out what the end game would be first, right? So what do I ultimately want to be doing? And start with that and then back up and reverse engineer. So would you ultimately want to be doing high-level coaching with private clients on TikTok? Or maybe you say, you know what I want to do is I'd actually like to be a brand consultant for big companies, and there's people that do that, right? And maybe you're doing big checks there and big uh, contracts with corporations, helping them navigate this whole TikTok video thing. Or maybe you say, I don't want to do any of that. I want to I do retreats. Or maybe I know you're, you're a person of faith, and so maybe you want to you wanna help churches navigate social media, and that would be really cool. So just decide, what is it at the end game? Like, if you had your ultimate ideal client, a whole room full of them, what would you do for them? Where would you be in your genius zone? Where would you play full out and enjoy the process? Where and how much money would you make doing that, right? Because a business is your talent, your passion, plus revenue, right? Plus profit. If you're not adding the revenue thing, if it's just talent and passion, that is what we call a hobby or a nonprofit, right? A hobby or a ministry, but because you're asking a business question, I know that you have a talent, you have a passion, and you have a profit. And we need all of those things together. So I would look at what my talents and passions are, right? What am I great at and what do I love doing? And then what would I be doing for these clients in the end game for the biggest clients, the best clients out there? You know, um, I call them my elite clients. So I, I have programs that people can go through. This a group program, and I have online courses, and we have books. and There's different things we can do. You can listen to the podcast. But there's a small percentage of who I would call my unbelievably perfect ideal clients, and they fall into the elite client category. They invest the highest dollar amount to be coached as an elite client, but they also get the largest value proposition from me, where I can walk alongside them. Um, there's a lot of private time, there's introductions, there's a lot of done-for-you types of services, um, and that sort of thing, right? So the first thing I think of is what are my elite clients look like? What do I love to do? How can I help them the most with my real talents, not outside my wheelhouse? What's in my wheelhouse that I can do? What do they want? What am I going to charge for that high, high, high level? Now, you might think, well, that's crazy. Like Nobody wants that. Well, not yet, maybe. But you start with that in mind, and then I would backtrack. And then I'd say, okay, in order for someone to get to the level of elite client, what's a lower level, still very valuable, but maybe less value, and still great revenue but lower revenue that people could come into that might be a stepping stone to move towards elite. Some places in business call that a funnel. I don't. I call it the ascending value structure. So if you're taking notes, uh, as long as you're not driving, you can take a note on this. I call it the AVS in business. It's the ascending value structure. It's actually step five in my seven-step business building process. So if you're all the way to this point, step five is figuring out from the end in mind what's the ascending value structure. I think of it like a mountain. I've been a rock climber since I was 19, and I I love climbing. I love uh, mountaineering. And I still get up there sometimes, as often as possible, even though I live in Michigan and pretty flat and there's no mountains like freaking anywhere, uh, I still love climbing as much as possible. And when you get out into a mountain, you know, I think of the rewards are at the peak, right? When you get to the very top, it's the least amount of land right? The least amount of rock and dirt that you can stand on because it's the pinnacle of the climb. And it's the most valuable because it's the best viewpoints and it's, you know, the ultimate goal. But as, you, as the clients, they're going to be walking up a mountain, right? So at some point they're on a f- flat path and that, that looks like a lead pool. It looks like, you know, you fishing essentially, right? There's lots and lots of people. Not all of them are your ideal prospects or clients, but they're there. And then at some point someone goes, ooh, Melissa, I like what she's doing. And they start walking up the mountain towards your goals. And, you know, think of it as like a first step, second step, third step. Maybe the first step up the mountain might be something that is valuable, but is a very small amount of value in comparison to what you can do. So maybe this is what we call lead magnet. It's a freebie. It's a report. uh, It's a book or it's a chapter in a book or it's an infographic or it's a video course or you know something like that right an audio it's a pdf it's something that you can give them that really explains something that's useful that's interesting but it's not everything you know it's just a little thing and then they're going to give you a small investment they're either going to give you a small dollar amount or they're going to give you something small like their email address or their phone number that's the first step on the mountain and then where would they go from there well if they like your stuff they would take another step up the mountain and they would probably invest more dollar amount to get way more value. And then you're somewhere in the middle of the mountain at this point, and then you end up at the pinnacle of the mountain, which is, hey, if they qualify, if they're the right person, and if you're the right person for them, then they're going to take your business or you, and they're gonna hire you for the best, biggest thing you could possibly do. So that's the ascending value structure. I didn't quite uh, figure on teaching that, but I think we need to teach that. You can have as many steps as you want. My recommendation is, you know, start with about three in the beginning. You know, it's like step one, again, is something that's a freebie or very, very cheap. It's a trial. It's something they can jump into really easily and get some value that knocks their socks off, but it's not everything you have. Then they can take a step of solid investment, whatever that dollar amount is. And it depends on your business, right? It depends on on your marketplace. A significant dollar amount might be $27 or it might be $5,000. Really depends on where you are and what you're selling and so forth, okay? But step two in that mountain should be kind of a mid-level value, mid-level investment. And you're getting a lot of people there, but not everybody is continuing up the journey. And you're weeding out people until you really hone in on like your ideal, ideal prospect or client. They're the ones that land the top. So maybe you have a thousand people who took the first steps on your mountain. Out of that, maybe 50 people or a hundred people continue up to the mid-level. And out of that, you might have five or six or ten that go all the way to the top and if you if you look at that as a revenue stream you can actually calculate and do some pretty good projections you know you go okay let's see i'm gonna have let's say five people at elite what do you charge for elite i don't know maybe it's ten thousand dollars okay well that's fifty thousand in revenue but how do you get those five people again we start with the end in mind and you work backwards so that means i had let's call it 50 people out of the you know you got five at the elite that's 50 grand and that means you had 50 people take that mid-level step. And I'm just making up a number, but let's say the mid-level step is $1,000, okay? And if they paid you $1,000, there's 50, that's another $50,000 in revenue. And in order to get those 50 people to buy a $1,000 product, you had to get 1,000 people for a freebie or something really cheap. And let's just call it free for now. So if you follow me on this kind of visualization here, you have this mountain, this AVS, the ascending value structure and for the year you have five elite clients at the top that generated 50k in revenue for the startup then you have in the middle of the mountain on the journey you have 50 clients a 10 factor of it that have also generated 50k in revenue that's a hundred thousand total for the year to get those 50 and five out of the 50 you had to get a thousand freebies and a thousand people that are in your in your sphere, right, that are getting your newsletter, that got your uh, free lead magnet, they're getting your email or text, that came to your webinar. Again, however you're delivering this information, you gotta have a thousand of those people in there. And again, I'm just making up these numbers because the percentages and the con- what they call conversion rates, they're gonna change from business to business, industry to industry, and even from, from individual to individual, right? But it's not that far off. That you could have 1,000 people and 5%, which is very low, converts to the next level up. And you can have steps in between, but that might be the first level step if you're a speaker, an author, a coach, a consultant. Um, in that world of entrepreneurship, it might be a freebie right to 1,000. The 1,000 to high level, 10,000. Now, you can fill in your own numbers for whatever they are, okay, Melissa? But I would, I would look at something close to that for what you do, and I know what you do. And the question now is, I reverse engineered from the top down. That's my 100K plan for the year. Five elites, 50 mid-levels, 1,000 prospects in my AVS. Now the question is, how do I get 1,000 people to, to come into my AVS? Well, that means, depending on what platform you're using, you might need to get a certain number of people into your sphere. That means, how many people need to watch my video? Or how many people do I need to speak in front of? Right, and so forth. So I don't want to overcomplicate this episode. I want to keep this question simple. The answer to your question is: I would start with the end in mind, decide what my elite level looks like, top of the mountain, and then back up and from there decide what I could give and what I would charge for a mid level, and then from there back up again and say what would I want to give for free or very cheap to introduce people to what this AVS is that I can help them with. That's the answer, and that's. The Driven Entrepreneur answer for your question. hope that was helpful. And again, if you want to check out Melissa, uh, she's got a great TikTok, actually. It's mhughes79 on TikTok. She's a, a mommy. She's a, a, a faith person. And she shares great videos and stories about encouraging and building up you and your family and everything else. And if you go to melissaleahughes.com, uh, she has, I believe, it's a TikTok content blueprint, how to make viral videos. So make sure you check that out. And then, hey, check out all things Driven Entrepreneur. If you have a question, I know you do. we got some questions that are stacking up now. And at this point, what we're doing is I'm taking questions on the website. So if you go over to mattbrauningpodcast.com, you can ask your question there. And, hey. I love plugging and building up other people. so feel free. you can put in your business, you can put in your website. If you have a free gift, you can even put that in and I will plug you. I'll plug your business as a thank you for ans- asking a question and jumping in. We'll be back next week with another question from you guys all about how to build your business. Next week's question is coming from Dennis Mellon and Dennis's question, oh this is gonna be a good one. he says, what's the single most important item or items to include in your call to action? So essentially, as a business owner or speaker, at some point once you've connected and given content to your audience or your people, you're going to give a call to action. What's the most important thing to include in that? I'm going to go over all that and more next week. Thank you, Dennis, and thank you, Melissa, for your question this week, and thank you for listening to the Driven Entrepreneur. Remember, go to mattbrowningpodcast.com, and there's a little button you can submit your question, and I'll plug you and your business as a thank you. Let's have some fun. If you haven't already, uh, make sure you drop off and give a. A review. I would love a five-star review. However many stars you want to give. And I would love to give a shout-out to, uh, looks like, R.M. Versio, Rosie Zelinska's. She gave a five-star review and said, Excellent show with Sean Wells. That was a great show. We talked about health. This Rosie said, hey, Matt, I really enjoyed your show with Sean Wells. Sean proved a ton of really good information. I'm definitely going to try the tapping of the mouth while sleeping. Great show. Thank you for all the amazing content you deliver. Thank you, Rosie Zelenskis. That's an awesome, uh, another happy person, another five-star rating and review. You can, again, head over to mattbrowningpodcast.com and drop that off. I should appreciate it, and we want to continue giving great shout-outs for these amazing reviews. You guys rock. Stay driven. I'll see you next week as we answer your questions.